welcome, friends, to the inaugural and possible final episode of the Lord of the Wrongs podcast, <laughs> the only Tolkien podcast that the professor himself would dismiss as juvenile and crass. Uh, my name is Dan Zerby, and with my co-host, Sean Kelly, we'll be discussing the writings, adaptation, news, games, all the stuff surrounding J.R. Tolkien's Legendarium in a manner that, again, the professor probably would not approve of, because we're kind of dumb. We're kind of dumb guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, right? I mean, you know, we're not, uh, I mean, the mission of this podcast is create amusing Tolkien-based content that fills the void left by intellectualism, academia, and respectful Tolkien podcasters. Yeah, basically yeah. people who know what they're talking about. So right, that's, yeah, that's, that's not where us. we step in. We fill the void yeah, that, this is... that they leave, yeah. Yeah, this, well, the idea is for the show to be a, a podcast that the average fan who may only know the films enjoy and listen to while also learning new things. While also, you know, making the legendarium uh, veterans uh, exasperated and irritated by the mistakes that we make. Or entertained. I, I would prefer Hopefully entertained. entertained. I mean, it could I'm be both. Sure. Yeah. I they're, mean, they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah. But one of my favorite things is to be entertained and frustrated at the same time. So that's, uh, yeah. I figured this was the perfect uh, avenue for that. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it really is. I think it'll work out really nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so do you want to get into it with, uh, start out with some questions, just yeah, some about... questions, some getting, getting to know you answers that we may or may not know already about each other. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've known you're a Tolkien fan for a while, but I don't, I feel like I don't know that many specifics, uh, besides just the general, uh, yeah, that's fair. The, the sort of Zerby spin on uh, that you have on a lot of things. <laughs> Uh, you so have with, some very strong opinions on everything. Yes. <laughs> and I I don't. I just I like to just agree. So that, that's perfect. We'll just go with what you said for just basically everything. Uh <laughs> <laughs> sounds great to me. <laughs> I, really I, I, thought, I thought it would. I thought it yeah. would. Uh right, so cool. do you wanna do you wanna ask the first question? Sure. Let's see. You came up with far more questions than I did. So that's it. um well, let's start easy. Who's your favorite character in the Legendarium? Uh, favorite character? You have a single favorite character. It's very hard to pick. <laughs> it, is, it is hard to pick. It's, a, it's much easier if you divide it into categories. Uh, All right, fair enough. Uh, okay, let's do this then. Who's your favorite Lord of the Rings character? It might have to be Gandalf for me. Just the, the, the wise wizard who's also just kind of sassy is just like <laughs> like he and i feel like gandalf is like a tolkien uses it as an opportunity for like the his humor comes through a lot in gandalf like the agree dry, yeah but what's your favorite for the lord of the rings specifically it's, it, it, it's gandalf as well i it's oh, he's always yeah. been my favorite He's he's he. I could say for myself, he is my favorite legendarium character. The same reasons that you listed. I mean, he's sassy. I mean, there, <laughs> the fellowship is at the uh, at the at the walls of uh, of Moria, and they're trying to get in. And Gandalf's all pissed off because he can't figure out the stupid little riddle. And Pippin's <laughs> just annoying the hell out of him. Yeah, yeah just like, takes I'm gonna it bash out your stupid head against this door until it opens. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, love the impatience. <laughs> Makes me very happy. The impatience and yeah, the hostility. Just, just, 
takes no i mean he's lived for a long time uh, he's even, got a hair trigger as, for this one hobbit <laughs> yeah even as a mortal he's lived a long time not to mention yeah. him being like an eternal being outside who helped, of who, that. Who, who helped to sing the entire world into existence yeah, <laughs> yeah. he uh, i can this see one hobbit asking a question have... just makes him crazy <laughs> Just has no patience for Pippin's antics. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, That's so who, good. As far as favorite characters go, who's your favorite in uh, the Silmarillion sort of like pre Third Age? Right. That's a, that is a really good question because I think like most, I think if you look at the Tolkien fandom as a whole, this is probably the most difficult question for most people because the Silmarillion is really hard to read. Uh, I yeah. feel like that doesn't get talked about enough in other Tolkien podcasts. Uh, it's like, this is, I've, I've tried it's, so many times. I've never made it meaty. through. It is it's it's meaty. very dense. It's super, yeah. super dense. It's 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 oatmeal with cement in it. You know, <laughs> It'll, it, it's, it sustains you, but good Lord, it is hard to get through. Um, yeah, I mean, I've read it through in parts and i've i've yes. read all the stories and everything but yes. yeah i cover to cover never read the whole yeah. thing yeah same, same here i'm i'm familiar with um, all the stories told but it's uh it's yeah. it, getting through chapter two is a challenge but i mean you know pretty much all the characters yeah from from that so situation. if we're talking like first and second age characters who's my favorite i We've talked about this before. I love Feanor because he's the worst. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Not a great guy. He's a terrible person. He's a fantastic character. character. And he just like (laughs) he just keeps making decisions that are like, dude, you're like going out of your way to be terrible. You You gotta respect the confidence though. He's so confident (laughs) that what he's doing is right. That's, I mean, that's one of the reasons I enjoy him so much because he's, he's a dick. He's a total dick. He's creepy. Unapologetic. He's totally, he has no self-awareness or if he does, he does not care. (laughs) It's like, I don't want to be overly political with this podcast. That's not my goal, but he does in a certain way, remind me of Donald Trump in that it's like, he just doesn't, he just does the thing that he wants to do because he's certain that he's right. And he does not care what anybody else says. Like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't do that. That's kind of dickish. And he goes, shut up. I'll kill you. Yeah. (laughs) Get out of my way. I'm doing this, whether you like it or not. Yeah. You got to respect it at least. Yeah. You know, I, 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 if nothing else, I find that kind of that attitude incredibly amusing. Feanor is a compelling character that way, especially since, you know, when you come to the Silmarillion after, a reading uh, or watching in the adaptations of the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, like all the elves are wise and imperial. And then you get to Feanor who's just like spiteful and just so, so filled with pride. <laughs> and he can't, yeah. be, he can't just be completely down. counter to I mean, what just we this... see in elves. Yeah. It's like, time. it's not the L it's nothing like the Elrond of the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings where he's this wise guy, he gives you great directions. He, you know, he gives you advice yeah. and it's just, it's so different from the elves that we know. The elves in the first age are lunatics. I mean, they're just crazy. Yeah. They're violent. And, and they're, selfish, well, they're a lot more, they're they're almost they're like a more human. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's more human is a really interesting way to put it, given that they're <laughs> it, supposed it to be better than like... us. Yeah, it, took, it seems like it took time for them to get wise. You know what I mean? They really had to. They had to go through the ringer 
uh, in yeah. order to be yeah. that sad and and yes. reserved. It's true. Well, yeah, I mean, you think about what the elves of the first age deal with. They're dealing with like the ultimate big bad Morgoth. And for anybody listening to this who doesn't know who Morgoth is, he's Sauron's boss, basically. Yeah, the, uh, he was the first the, big bad. He is the most powerful the of the bad. Valar, which are the little G gods in 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 Tolkien's legendarium. And uh, yeah, I mean, his goal, you know, I mean, Sauron's goal is always like order. He wants to order everything the way he sees fit. Orgoth was just chaos. He just he was chaotic evil. If we want to put this in D and D terms, like, yeah, Sauron. You know, is lawful evil in a certain way. <laughs> He's he was just a bad dude. Yeah, he was just a bad guy. I he just say. created, just wanted to create discord and disharmony and yeah. Just yeah. I mean, so the elves were dealing with that guy who was more powerful than Sauron ever became. Yeah, the so I mean, they like they were the dealing with a lot more. Yeah, they were dealing with a worse big bad than the elves of the of the second and third age were dealing with. Yeah, so it it was it was an interesting time. Uh, oh well. All How right. about yourself? Well, f- what what is yeah. your favorite character from like the? Oh God, I just knocked over a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite. Uh, see, I'm kind of thinking another flawed character from the time who would be Tudin to Rump. Oh yeah. Uh, that's Man of yeah. many many names talk about uh, hilariously bad decision making <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> i just it, it's i like him because he <laughs> yeah he just makes the worst decisions at every point but it's sort of nice to see it's nice to see a flawed character in yeah. tolkien like a, a, from men especially that isn't just like it, just evil or right like, yeah you know, like I love Aragorn and everything, but he just basically can do no wrong. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, he's down on himself, uh, like when they're chasing the orcs across uh, Rohan, and yet it's like everything yeah, but... he does. He's like everything I do, <laughs> everything I do just goes wrong. It's like, well, actually, everything you do ends up going very right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he he does. Uh, yeah, if the worst thing you do is have a lapse in self confidence, then. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I you don't are, think that, uh, that makes that. Yeah. <laughs> that well, that's uh, why we are lesser men, and he is the Dunedain. <laughs> yes, that's true. But so, I mean, Turin is the, I would say, the extreme version of that. Which I mean, yeah, half of it is sort of in his court of uh, of his decision making, but I mean, the other half is also just you know, aforementioned terrible guy. Yeah. Uh, Morgoth just decides, you know, he his dad, like, it kind of fucked with him a little too hard, and now he's just yeah. he, he's fully punished him for life by making his just cursing his children and his family, and uh, yeah, I mean, Turin really gets the brunt of that curse. Uh, you know, we won't yeah. go into detail about what and who he does, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a great way to phrase that. So if if you know the story basically of the children of Hurin and uh, then you know how gross and funny that was. And if you don't, don't you'll yeah. find out in a later episode maybe or you just read yeah. the book too, you know. It's... There are um so 
Christopher Tolkien and uh, I forget the uh, name of the guy that picked up the uh, mantle after he passed, unfortunately. Oh, Uh, yeah. He was he edited these sort of compiled versions of uh, stories from the Silmarillion. And there's a um, the children of Houdin is a uh, is one of those stories, and it's a it's a great read. Uh, pretty depressing. It's, it's, it's a great read. Sad, yeah. <laughs> it's not a feel good read. It's not. You're not going to feel warm no. and fuzzy afterwards. You're going to feel gross and sad. <laughs> but like in a, I don't know. That, it's that's good though. I mean, it's very compelling. Obviously. Yeah. And it's, yeah. You know, it's strange. It's almost the opposite of a lot of Tolkien's works to me, where I feel like uh, his especially Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. It's all uplifting sort of hopeful stories that have this sort of melancholic undertone because the world is fading. Uh, Whereas that like, you kind of know that things are turning around and like, I mean, it's, it's dark still at the time, but uh, yeah, the story itself is a lot more tragic in that one. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic. It's it's you know, uh, it's a classic tragedy. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like it's, like, it's like Oedipus or something like that. exactly. Yeah, in, yeah, exactly. In more ways than one, but uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyway, there's let, incest. Uh, we'll let, just say that part. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, there, yes, there, there is. There, there's trick. There's some trick. Unwitting, unwitting. Yes, unwitting. Uh, unwitting. Incest. It's yeah. There's a, there, yeah. There's a dragon that 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 does a bunch of nonsense that 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 really just messes with it. This is with Turin and his. Family. But you know what? Turin gets his win in the end, which is why one of yeah. the reasons I like him. You know, he. Yeah, it's it's he, a very poetic story. He, you know, he, he tragic a lot, and... but he 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 gives it back too. You know, he kills a dragon for for. He certainly sakes. does. <laughs> not just any dragon. Uh, Other of dragons. Not just any. The big the big guy himself. All right, so let me uh, let me Let's pose a question on. to you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, it, well, uh, two questions in one, but let's just start with what's your, what was your first experience with Tolkien's work? Like, uh, I'm, I think the books right. first. First experience with the books. Yeah. Um, okay. So my first experience with the books is actually my very first experience with Tolkien. It was in, um, I remember I don't remember exactly when this was, but it was before, it was definitely before the films came out or right before the films came out, the Peter Jackson film. Uh, and I was in the, yeah. the car, like the, my, my uncle and aunt's minivan with my cousins and they had the Hobbit uh, audiobook on. I think it was CDs. It might've even been tape. <laughs> it might have actually been a book on tape. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I remember that. And um, like the big box with yeah, like, yeah. like, as well, sixteen tapes, yeah. And yeah. Um, so, listening to that, I mean the the part that was playing when we got in the car when it started playing was um, in the Hall of the Elven King, and the dwarves have oh, been cool. uh, have been captured by the Wood Elves and are are being held, and and Bilbo is uh, trying to figure out a way to how to get him out. That was my first. Yeah, as up. as Tolkien says, uh, the middle is a very good place to start. So. <laughs> yeah. So that so and I really I, think, I really enjoyed it. Listen to that, you know, the the you know, hour or two of that audiobook. I really really liked it. I was like, "Oh, this is cool," but I didn't um didn't end up really seeking it out after that for whatever reason. I think my mom had found a copy of The Hobbit at like a book 
a tag sale or something like that. Um, I still have that edition. It's a paperback that's really destroyed by now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been thoroughly loved yeah. and read. Um, but I remember starting to read it and just either getting distracted or, you know, I was, I was probably 12. I mean, yeah, you're a kid. Time. And it's so from, easy to not read as yeah, a kid. It is easy to not read. And I, I, I love <laughs> reading. I read a lot as a kid, actually. I read a lot more. Yeah. As I was younger than even I do today. Yeah, so that was like my first time experiencing it. Uh, and that it was The Hobbit. And it was it was really great. I, re- I really enjoyed it. Um, but I just didn't end up really getting into it at all until I saw Fellowship. The movies. The, the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Yeah. I was, And that was um, the thing that really got me. That does go to show that you are older than I am. But I'll get into that <laughs> in a minute. Uh, yeah, as far as my first book experience i think i mentioned this to you yeah my mom used to read books to my sister and myself upside down well it was upside down for her and then we would just sort of read up follow along and i think we read through the entire lord of the rings and i had no idea what was going on i was too young to like yeah, I mean, I don't know. A, there, were, uh... there were moments I registered. I think she read The Hobbit first, but that I'm like right. too young. I was too young to even remember reading that. <laughs> but I, I remember enjoying it. I just couldn't like I, I di- it did a sort of spark an interest. But I feel like I almost knew at the time I was like, I got to I got to figure out what's going on with this later. Like, <laughs> right. I just I. I distinctly remember the way I imagined Minas Tirith was just so not <laughs> what Minas Tirith <laughs> is like. Yeah. Because like my little boy brain couldn't like figure out the description of it, but <laughs> it, it was, it, I mean, it was, uh, I definitely enjoyed parts of it and uh, it did obviously spark an interest later, but like you, it took, I think, uh, seeing the movies to, uh, rekindle the right. personal interest in, in rereading that uh which brings me into the uh, f- sort of follow-up to that what was your first experience with the movies yeah it was and i think you mentioned fellowship yeah yeah so it was 2002 uh, the fellowship came out in 2001 it was like the summer of 2002 my sister and my cousin Ellen were these were the same cousins um that I heard in in their minivan that I heard the Hobbit audiobook for that hour or two. Um so my sister and my cousin. younger cousin uh they were at camp. So me and my older cousin Kate were uh home at they were at my house. They're from Pennsylvania, but they were, they, we were at my house. I remember this so specifically because it was such an impactful moment. And so we rented a couple movies. One was Sleepy Hollow and the other one was the Fellowship of the Ring. And we watched The Fellowship of the Ring, and I remember being, <laughs> even though even though at the time I was like 11 or, uh, no, I was probably 12 by then, I was still like a little, I was always nervous about movies I basically hadn't seen before, if they were live action. <laughs> For whatever reason, I like okay, I just got scared enough. of yeah. movies easily at that time. I don't know okay, why. And, and uh, not to mention, you've got Sleepy Hollow and Fellowship, which are <laughs> yeah, two pretty creepy movies. I mean, the really entire first moments. half of Fellowship is creepy. Yeah. Especially to a kid. Yeah. But I was like, I would argue I was probably a little old to be worried about it. I was more worried than I was actually scared at any point. Yeah, you know, I was more yeah. worried about becoming scared. Yeah, so I remember we watched that, and my cousin Kate, she was so great. She was like, okay, this part here might be a little 
scary. She's only a year older than me. For, like, yeah. Getting stalked on yeah, by she, the, she, the, uh, on by the top yeah, or something. She was a very good guide. She was very sweet. Um, at being like, okay, this part with the uh, Galadriel is going to freak you out. Might freak you out a little bit. Fair enough. In Rivendell. Um, yeah, so that was my first. Yeah, I mean, who, who could have seen that coming the first time? Yeah. I mean, that was scared the crap out of me. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a surprise. It was a jump scare as well. You know, besides being visually yeah. frightening, <laughs> a jump off of the scare too it blew me away. I mean, I had never seen anything like that. I was already into fantasy literature, like I was really into um, C.S. Lewis and and the Narnia series. I loved that. I read oh, the Lion, yeah. the Wish, and the Wardrobe so many times. I practically had memorized it. Um, yeah. So I was into fantasy. To a degree. Uh, and then, yeah, actually watching that just it it totally blew my mind. I became totally obsessed with just the movie. I mean, there wasn't while, anything like it. Yeah. I mean, there the was no in general. Yeah, they, they didn't make movies like that. They didn't put that kind of time and money into fantasy yeah. movies. It's just not something that happened. Um, so to see yeah. something that big and felt so despite being so big and epic, it still felt really tangible. Like this is a place yeah, I could go yeah. to and actually experience. And so I, I became obsessed with the movies for a long time without, I didn't really even try reading the books until uh, I think well after, uh, well after Return of the King came out and I saw it well after that. All right. That was my first so, experience with movies. Totally blew me away. Yeah. My first experience is actually kind of messed up. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, all right. I, I don't, I don't think I even saw either of the other two movies because I was too young when they came. I mean, I was like eight or nine when uh, Fellowship came out. And so the first one that we went to see, my dad took my sister and I to see Return of the King because by the time that was like 04 or whatever, right? Uh, Yeah, it was 2000. But it was like once a year. Yeah. Yeah, I think 2001, 2002, 2003, I believe. Yeah, they okay. came out, but they all came out like at the end of those years, like around Christmas. Time. Yeah, he took us to see that. And so I, I had like I kind of knew the story from having read it right. somewhat at the time and, and everything. But I mean, obviously, I was blown away. It was like amazing. And if I don't know, it I, this might sound messed up, but if you're going to jump in without having seen the other ones, the third movie's like i feel like it's a good place to go anyway because it's like yeah i mean it's just epic for a kid yeah i mean it won like every single oscar it was nominated for i mean (laughs) it's a pretty well-respected film (laughs) you know but the messed up part is the theater that we went to uh (laughs) something was wrong with the uh film and god the last like 15 minutes just just got cut off Shut up! No way, really. Oh my <laughs> yeah, god! So, <laughs> oh, so, talking about like I don't remember exactly where it "quote unquote" ended, but oh, that sucks. It, it was after like two of the five endings, so I'm like, <laughs> you know, like I got the the spine tingling hobbits being knelt to, yeah. and then I think they like, it would have to started, cut off. Right I think they like after that. started. Yeah, they like started riding back to the Shire and then it was just done. Oh my God. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh, okay. And my dad was like throwing a big fit about it because he <laughs> obviously understood like, hey, that's can't be where the movie ends. Like, there's no way, like even if they cut out a bunch of like, stuff, he, which pr- they he did. probably also knew 
that the scouring of the Shire was a thing. So he was probably there like oh, expecting that. Wait, had he, had he not yeah. seen it yet? Is that his first no, time watching he, uh, 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 yeah, Return? We, oh we went, yeah, because it was in theaters. And so yeah. he was probably like, well, because uh, they also like, you know, Saruman doesn't get killed in the movie. Well, in the extended in the edition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he was just like, well, friggin' Sharky is back there causing trouble, and <laughs> it, we just missed that entire like. That's got to be another half hour on top of this three hour long movie. Did it? Did it, did it make uh, your dad feel better knowing that everyone else missed out on the scouring of the Shire as well? <laughs> it wasn't just his film, his theater experience. You know, I never asked him because uh, <laughs> I was a kid and probably didn't even remember that. Oh, part, yeah, but uh, I. <laughs> I, I think he was just overall not very happy with the theater at the time for just <laughs> like ending the film right. partway through. And my sister and I are like, well, that was awesome. Yeah, but incomplete. Right. Uh, little did we know. All right. Uh, and you got another uh, question say, you want to pop? I do. I got, I got one for you. I was going to say we're at like 27 minutes. So I think we can start wrapping up soon. But I have one more question that I could ask you. So what for you in either the book or the movies, what part of, well, let's say, let's narrow it down. Let's just keep it simple for Lord of the Rings. What, uh, what scene or passage or whatever are most emotionally impactful for you? There are a lot of times throughout those three films and throughout the, throughout the book, I get very teary eyed, <laughs> I get very okay. emotionally impacted I mean, by it. So what, what are some of the, like I, the, those powerful moments for you? Yeah, I think I already mentioned probably the biggest one for me, which was the scene with the hobbits at, at the coronation. Not every time. Yeah, my friends, you kneel to no one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's every time. It is truly like every time it gets me, uh, just because it, it sort of just sums up like, I, I think the amazing thing about that scene is how the hobbits actually get recognition for no one's even heard of hobbits the, like every everywhere you go in middle earth like no one's yeah, actually even everybody heard of there them. is like who are these children here <laughs> yeah uh you know like a, a couple days before that but then yeah you know now they're the most everybody's just like hey <laughs> in this the guy entire... destroyed the ring and saved the world for now yeah. wait uh, what is he <laughs> <laughs> what yeah what's this who's this kid that uh, Here's a small child <laughs> destroyed with his friend, destroyed <laughs> evil in Middle Earth forever. Who is that? <laughs> yeah, it, and that's it, his partner. Uh, yeah, his it's his his manservant. Yeah. Okay, that's I don't understand how that works, but yeah, uh, no, it it's yeah that one gets me. Yeah. I think I mean I, I don't want to like you know take too many uh, options from you, but I think Boromir. Uh, his death, especially once I had like read back into the books more and sort of understood his character better. And in the extended edition, I feel like he gets yeah. sort of a better take. Uh, yeah. It became a lot more uh, emotional because initially I was like, oh, well, this jerk died. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. And, and when you read the books, it's like you really understand more like this is not who he actually is this is the ring corrupting him yeah you know, it's like this yeah. is not it's like just, he wasn't a bad guy he, like you know he i mean boromir has his has his has his faults certainly certainly very prideful um 
Yeah. Pro- arguably to a fault, but you know, he's not a bad person at all. It's just his pride was a perfect thing for that for the ring to yeah, grab on for him and yeah and to corrupt him yeah how about you um with the, i mean both of those are are incredibly you know i also the the aspect of boromir's death that is so emotionally impactful for me is also the fact that you know that's his redemption because of mary and pippin yeah you know if we don't you know we don't know what happens to human souls in in tolkien's legendary I mean, we just know you know humans have the gift of death we don't know what happens to to their souls but if there is a heaven like because of the because of mary and pippin and boromir giving his life to try to save them like he that's his redemption he saves himself from yeah, completely he's doomed. got a shot now. yeah exactly um, so it's, uh, redemption's always a very powerful thing uh, for for me. That always gets to me. Um, but yeah. I would say the number one thing that just breaks my heart every single time I read it, and it, I would actually this is less impactful in the movie than it is in the book for me, um, is the scene where Odo and Sam are asleep, and Gollum is watching them, and he has this moment where he nearly repents, where he's just oh. Yeah, it's, you know he sees Frodo and Sam sleeping, and Sam is holding Frodo, and it's very sweet. And you see Gollum; he's ha- yeah. There's this moment where he nearly repents, and he nearly comes back, almost almost is able to save himself. Sam wakes up and starts berating him, and just ruins it, and just seals everybody's fate there. It's just yeah. Like, every single time it wrecks me. I mean, I I get teary eyed every single time. It's de- every definitely in the in the books. It's definitely more impactful <sighs> because so powerful. You can sort of hear the inner monologue, and you know, as great a job as Andy Circus does, it's kind of hard to make a CGI yeah. uh, creature really come across and convey all those uh, emotions and it was and almost turmoil. In, the, in the film it, to, like because in the book it's it's a very to me it reads as an incredibly important moment and in the film it almost yeah is a throwaway. It, it's played down it's almost a throwaway yeah. scene like i yeah. think in the film they they uh jackson ended up putting more emphasis on well, just invented emphasis really to put on like frodo sending sam away on the steps of kirithungle yeah which and doesn't really make that much like, sense she, uh, him like sending them to Shelob and everything. Like yeah. I feel like that gets a lot more play than yes. his the fact that like this is the sort of arc of him almost sort of uh, repenting. Yeah, yeah, he like he just he comes so close to mastering himself over the ring by just you know recognizing this like moment between my Frodo being a good guy. Yeah. yeah, and Sam just like, um, what are you doing, stinker? <laughs> this yeah, is like really the only oh. thing Sam does wrong in yeah. uh it's understandable though for you know from sam's point of view it's totally understandable i mean gollum like oh uh, yeah you know. he well i think uh, yeah i think that also just really emphasizes how much and they kind of touch on this in the movies and i guess i've gotten that more as i get older but how true it is when fredo like basically says you don't understand oh to sam yeah like that's yeah, can't understand what, what like, this is. Yeah, yeah, because he is the ring bearer, so he it just naturally like he understands what Gollum feels, I, but San just never will because he's just too innocent to even really want the ring. <laughs> yeah, well, even when he does take the ring, I mean, he's still. I mean, he gives it back. He, he's the only guy who ever gave it up. Oh, Bilbo. 
Bobo gives it up. Okay. And actually, uh, to be yeah. fair, Sam, like Frodo snatches it out of Sam's hand before he can fully hand it over. And I think that's the only, yeah, true. like, okay. this is a very slight difference, but it does make it, it is, it is different. The fact that Sam has a moment when, it, when Frodo snatches it back where he's, everybody feels he does he, he does he, a flash of rage he does start giving it back yeah. yeah there's that flash of rage and then he masters himself he's like oh okay no no this is fine this is how it's supposed to be never mind <laughs> you know all right i i got i got two i got two more things for us to touch all on right, yeah. and they're gonna get a little more off the rails I guess. Excellent. This has been uh, far too. <laughs> this is this has been too <laughs> uh, genuine. No, this has and, been a far uh, too uh, uh, even intellectual, but it's just been too uh... <laughs> serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's far more serious than uh, than the intro I'd certainly laid out. <laughs> Implied it was going to be. Yeah, uh, let's go. Let's so uh, uh, let me let me introduce to you a segment I like to call Mad Men of the West. <laughs> uh insert stinger here uh so this is where we sort of so i've got this overarching idea and i like to call it imminent domain which is uh that lord of the rings goes into public domain on january 1st 2049 which gives us an an opportunity to you know if they're gonna remake this movie yes exactly (laughs) we need let's let's get some product placement going all right you know i think yeah so i have a question for you which do you think would be a better product placement for this lord of the rings remake uh that you know they just don't need to be reverent at all because anybody can do (laughs) at this point uh (laughs) Uh, so would you rather have it's going to be a sponsor from Wrangler (laughs) (laughs) would you rather have Wrangler jeans or a Wrangler oh okay great (laughs) that's the question okay (laughs) what do you think what do you think is um what do you think would be better for overall for the story well they'd have to if it was going to be the truck they'd have to be very tasteful you know I think you'd have to have you know the charge it's Bill the Pony oh okay see I was thinking Bill the Pony is a rank I was thinking of the charge of the Rohirrim at the Battle of Pelennor Fields they're all driving pickup trucks (laughs) and and, and a bunch of guys in the back of the pickup trucks with spears and and bows and arrows and such Oh, I mean, what better way to demonstrate the power of a Wrangler <laughs> Jeep, of a Jeep Wrangler, than driving down that incline and crashing into the lines of Urukai? Yeah. Uh, maybe with the with the sun rising. And maybe they put the some background. like cow catchers and plows on the front of it, like in Mad Max, that sort of thing. Oh, <laughs> you know, they outfit yeah. their the front of the Wrangler. They've all they've all got those sweet uh, headlight cover things that make them look like have ang- <laughs> they have angry eyes yeah but okay but i would say in terms of being tasteful though most tasteful you you could do jeans i think that would be a the most tasteful possible thing i don't think there's a way to insert yeah let let me pitch this to you the fellowship is leaving lorian they've all had their beautiful cloaks pinned on they've got (laughs) these you know these amazing brooches uh that yeah galadriel is giving them all gifts and we pan down and what's that a crisp pair of blue jeans on every member of the fellowship yeah okay if any of the fellowship were going to wear acid wash jeans which one would it be i think it would be legolas i mean it has to I mean be. who who else could he's even got, rock he's got it. the tasteful rips at the knees <laughs> yeah, exactly yes. and i'm sure they could wrangler would have some sort of gusset so that he can oh sure uh, 
still participate in his ridiculous acrobatic antics. Naturally, yeah, maybe it's uh, maybe it's the kind of jeans uh, that also have some elastic in them to make them flexible. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they all myself they have a pair that. like and that. They They're fantastic. I can do splits. And... Yeah, they need reinforced stitching <laughs> yeah. for all of their. Yeah, especially if you're going to skateboard down a uh, a flight of stairs and shoot arrows while you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think with a pair of jeans on, he also does a kick flip before he hits the bottom. Yeah, I mean, yeah, before he grinds some sick rails. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what what do you think? Which would you take? I think uh, I think I would do the jeans. I feel like that could be a little more tasteful than than you could possibly. Yeah, it's, with a, it's a little more in line yeah. with Tolkien's wishes. I think. Yeah. Uh, I I, I <laughs> if you had to pick one of those, yes, that would be the one that's a little closer in line. Although, I'll, I'll, hang on though, I will say the way that Tolkien describes the power of men on horseback in the books, I would say is more in line with the power of men in the driver's seat of a jeep wrangler yeah because they it's true he's at every turn it's like all right and a hundred rohirrim charged and they killed a thousand ten thousand orcs it's you know it's about a hundred to one and i don't see those numbers being realistic unless they're sitting behind the wheel of (laughs) a big an electric or or i think i think i I agree at the end of the day some tasteful jeans i think that would be and maybe even an elvish belts oh yeah for sure yeah some belts sure old knives Wrangler gold belt stuff. for uh, for for Boromir and and sil- silver oh, Wrangler yeah. belts for Merry and Pippin. Yeah, I think I think Boromir is just gonna slap his belt on a la Pootie Tang and <laughs> <laughs> it's just got a giant oh man Gondorian belt buckle. Yeah. Oh yeah, just, giant yeah, like there's a, a yeah a big tree yeah, or or a horn <laughs> maybe it maybe uh, maybe it's a horn that uh, yeah on his belt buckle match the i mean that, yeah, the, the options are basically limitless for this so yeah we're right, gonna I make agree. a fortune well, um, <laughs> yeah uh, we're, we're gonna make a fortune gonna selling lord of the rings piece by piece That's <laughs> <laughs> we just we gotta call up wrangler and reserve the sponsorship now i think <laughs> just tell them yeah in what is it 26 years Get ready because we're gonna make some. It's gonna happen. We're gonna find. <laughs> we might be millennials, but we will be able to retire by selling our favorite thing piece by piece. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So, and then the I guess the regular sort of question I had for you is, and I'm sneaking in a, a third. Really, it's a two parter. So, if you could fight any member of the fellowship, who do you think it would be? Oh, if I if I if I'd which fight is, one, yeah, Frodo. It, the real question is which which yeah, yeah which, which hobbit? hobbit? I would fight Frodo. <laughs> he's the oldest one. He's in his fifties. He's half my height. He's yeah, in his fifties, like, and uh, but they live to be older. I feel like he's more. Like, he's probably like in his like forties for a, a man. Yeah, you know? that's true. But again, he, he he's, is. He's pretty slight. He's the only of the hobbits that doesn't excel in um, any sort of martial feats, like. Pippin is that like you know he he's well the question is does he have the ring on him 
like at what that's point? That's a good question. Because well, like, yeah, he's hard to yeah, fight if he, he can't turns find invisible. Him. Yeah, if he turns invisible and just starts like stabbing the back of your legs with that's sting, a good point. I mean, yeah, I think I would just go after Pippin. Yeah, I mean, Pippin's I mean, the youngest. It feels like bullying at this point. Yeah, I but... think you no know, matter what, it's kind of bullying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're half, <laughs> half of a regular man high. So I, uh, I mean, I think we could all agree nobody else. It would it, it, none of yeah. the none of the man sized people True. of the fellowship. It's not even a contest. Odo also does have that mithril shirt, so it, yeah, that's, I, mean, I could that, still beat thinking, him up. He has a shirt and a nice beat store. him up, but like yeah, so yeah, no, Pippin's the youngest and like the least uh, experienced in life. Sam's in got a frying pan. Yeah, true. He's got a frying pan and, and he sells a bunch of like urex and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I would say I would fight Pippin like earliest earliest possible in the books because i feel like that's the easiest <laughs> so, yeah take him out as a before he has before he's battle yeah, before he's even i don't even want him to experience looking in the palantir i want him <laughs> i want him so baby-faced <laughs> he just yeah no it, not non-wizened yeah, one swift kick the to the chest and he goes flying across <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so then follow-up question and this is sort of a uh twist on a, a classic question of how many kindergartners do you think you could take in a fight? <laughs> uh, how many hobbits, like unarmed, Re- re- like okay? So are we talking? You're talking regular old Shire hobbits, or even hobbits? Yeah, of three, just, but like, just like yeah, regular un unrenowned around just doing hobbits. their regular doing their business. no. Yeah, they don't get stones to throw at you. They don't. That's get good because hobbits, weapons. as we know, are excellent throwers. Yeah. So. Yeah, they they are. I mean, you. It's a David and Goliath situation with one hobbit. If they have a rock, do I get any uh, weapons when get... fighting these hobbits? No, just, just everybody's just got fists. Okay. Fists. Um, yeah. Okay. Given that, as much as I'd like to pretend that I am a total badass, it's not even remotely true. Uh, so, <laughs> be totally fair and realistic. I think I would be able to take. I think I could take on four hobbits. I'm, I'm, at once four okay. i think i could take on four hobbits see, at once. i was i do see for for me for you i don't mean this to sound like an insult i was thinking <laughs> three <laughs> i mean maybe i'm probably being generous with four because yeah no i feel honestly, okay. i'm probably feel being generous death, myself, you could probably take four maybe i mean no i probably no. couldn't though realistically it's like because if two well, grab I mean, my you, legs you can, like that's a big thing like they can take me down i mean you then, could you could take you could take one out pretty easily and even the odds like at, right off the bat. I mean, just one realistically. Kick, okay. Be more fair can... and more realistic. Three. I think I could take three hobbits in a fight. No, no. I, you know what, Serbia? You could take four. <laughs> I believe. I, I believe appreciate you. your faith in me, Sean. I, I, personally, <laughs> I think I was. Th- yeah, I was thinking four or five. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you you're also you're significant. You're I, taller than I am. You got like at least four inches on me. Um, See, so, yeah, I think I think the big advantage I have is reach yeah, you're, you're, on those hobbits. I could, opponent. yeah, I could hold one uh, like their head and just cartoon style. They'd just be windmilling at me, <laughs> yeah. and I could just sort of handle the rest. Yeah, with my other three limbs. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, you could keep them away with 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 those long legs for sure. Those long stancers legs you have. But I, I mean, I. That was a sort of trying to be realistic, but optimistically, I think I could take like 11. <laughs> I mean, if I even only have just like a wiffle ball bat filled with wet <laughs> paper, I feel like I'd take out a whole, I could take out the whole West just farther. Like, 
I mean, if I, if I had a handful of sand, <laughs> I could, we could just be carving through hobbits like like hot a hot knife through butter. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, have you have you ever heard that question? How many kids oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. do you think you'd take in a fight? I feel like it's me- less messed up with halflings because it's just you know they're but yeah they're they're small but they're, they're adults. adults they're grown they're, they're making yeah. their own choice <laughs> exactly they're, they're swarming yeah, they're you the for ones deciding to make to fight me i mean i i was just trying to take a stroll through the shire and they start uh they, they well, start so they're the aggressor and you're all right so that yeah in that case i mean i'm not i'm not yeah, a guy who goes like around forced. picking fights with anybody not even people i think i could beat up that said Oh, well, that's, I like to believe that if yeah. I were in a situation where I was forced to fight, I would kick everyone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Is that based on reality? Well, no, I, it's based entirely on my ego. No, However, I still fully believe it with every heart, every <laughs> inch of my being. Uh, and you know what? I respect that. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think that I think we're about ready to wrap. I up. think so. I have to start getting ready for work at the place that we both work that we're not going to say name of yeah the place that shall not be named <laughs> <yet>. um <laughs> all right i guess with that uh that's the end of we'll, we'll i mean just, i have yeah. my notes here and i'm and i you know set up how more or less an episode would go and uh i never got to the end i just have a note that says how do we end this <laughs> oh and okay. i never well, decided um... i never came up with anything <laughs> Uh, so uh, maybe tune in next time. I guess is that how we yeah, should end it. I don't. I don't remember the Elvish for goodbye. It's something like Penamad. Namad. Oh well. Okay, that's just straight up goodbye. Yeah. All right. Well, then Namadie, friends. I guess Namadie. <laughs> this is this has been the first episode of the Lord of the Wrongs podcast, and uh, hopefully you'll join us next time. Yeah, we really. <laughs> just stick stick it out for for one yeah. or two and, yeah, we'll uh, you might end up like yeah it. <laughs> we might get good at this <laughs> you, you never know <laughs> all right all right Namadi. Namadi, friend.